This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. listening to the evening edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We are talking today about the announcements uh, surrounding Mitra, Yayasan Mitra, and a 2 million ringgit allocation for Indian students for poor households. So we're getting into it. So Mitra, which is the Malaysian Indian Community Transformation Unit, uh, is going to be returned to the Prime Minister's Department. This came via Prime Minister Dato Sri Ismail Sabriyakob. He's also agreed to set up Yayasan Mitra. So this is coming on the many requests made by MIC President Tan Sri S.A. Tan Sri S.A. Vigneswaran as a show of support for the Barisan National Component Party. And additionally, uh, the PM also announced that 2 million ringgit had been allocated for Indian students from poor households. Um, so just as a point, Mitra is currently under the National Unity Ministry and it was initially set up to address the aspect of socio-economic development of the Indian community in Malaysia, particularly the B40 community. So if we look at money, right? Um, so 2 million ringgit is, like you said earlier, for Indian students from poor households. Previously, there had been other allocations as well under Mitra, and that was 25 million for the for Indian community entrepreneurship development programs, there had also been an allocation of 100 million ringgit for anti-poverty efforts and the social development of the community. So all of this, I think, is theoretically well and good. There are, however, some issues around Mitra, um, I think some some loose ends that some people find um, understandably problematic that we want to talk about. And there have also been, uh, understandably, again, calls for greater transparency and explanation when it comes to how the allocations will be will be divvied up. So opposition MPs specifically have asked for an explanation from the government about how it will ensure that the funds for the Indian community aren't going to be abused. Uh, Kasturi Pato, who's also going to be our guest, said that the issues here involve transparency, accountability, ensuring that Yayasan Mitra and the funds that we're talking about here are accounted for. She also went on to ask whether the amount is adequate and pointed out that really expenditure needs to be brought to parliament to be scrutinised. So the words transparency and accountability are coming up so much because of the Mitra misappropriation scandal that happened last year because um Sometime last year, Mitra basically was under a fair amount of controversy and fire following claims that funds had been mishandled. Uh, Mitra had approved a, a grant allocations of about 203 million ringgit between 2019 and 2021. This was for a total of 337 companies, associations and NGOs. However, uh, it was later reported in the media that loopholes allowed fund recipients from Mitra to misappropriate millions of ringgit. Um, and it was estimated that almost 60% of the grant allocations received by companies, individuals and foundations for implementing the socio-economic development programs didn't actually reach the proper time target group. Uh, and in fact, last year, the MECC arrested 18 people involved in 10 companies uh, and associations to assist in the investigations. So far, MECC had, has arrested 22 people, which is why I think this particular allocation and this moving back to the PM department is so significant because um, needless to say, I think Nobody wants to see a repeat of those things happening again. No, and the further question of whether or not there should have been a closing of the loop, whether or not these things should have been resolved before we are now talking about fresh allocations um, or we're talking about 
um, well, uh, Yayasan Mitra and the foundation or the formation of a foundation that will therefore see even more allocation of funds. I think all of these are valid questions while also acknowledging that having resources allocated to people who are in need is a good thing. So this is where we find ourselves. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Essentially, how should the Indian community be represented in government? What is the best way forward, I think, um, in order to see help go to those who need it, um, while also ensuring that we have these issues of transparency or allocations locked down appropriately. So the question, how should the Indian community be represented in government? Call us double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it is coming up to 5.18 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We are talking today about the announcements uh, surrounding Mitra, Yayasan Mitra, as well as a 2 million ringgit allocation for Indian students from poor households. We've been asking you for your thoughts as well as how you think the Indian community should be represented in our government, in policy making. You can call us double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899 tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now is Batukawan MP Kasturi Pato. Kasturi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, um, as we said, the PM has just announced that he will be returning Mitra to the PM's department when previously it had been under the National Unity Ministry. Uh, what did you make of this move? Um, actually, um, Mitra was previously under the Prime Minister's department before it was taken out after the regime change and parked under the Ministry of Unity. And now it's, according to Prime Minister Ismail Sabri, it's going to go back to the Prime Minister's department. I don't understand the logic uh, behind this, but I think that um, if the idea of removing it from the Ministry of Unity and reparking it under the Prime Minister's department means that there is commitment to ensure there's transparency, then I welcome that. However, nothing has been said on the mechanism of the disbursement of the allocation. And if yes, it's it's going to remain as 100 million as what it was uh, years back, uh, we don't know. Just the announcement of removing it from under Ministry of Unity to the Prime Minister's department, I find that a bit strange and I don't see the logic there. What is the impact going to be for this transition, particularly when it comes to the Indian community? Um, I think at the end of the day, um, wherever Mitra is parked, uh, it must come with a degree of transparency, um, accountability and openness uh, to its documentation. Um, I have been calling for Mitra's allocations um, including applicants, uh, how the applicants were selected, rejection rates, uh, and the successful applicants, and how much was accorded uh, by the government to uh, using Mitra funds um, for NGOs or individuals uh, who befit uh, the criteria for socioeconomic empowerment. Uh, it's been over a year and I have yet to see any document uh, like that. I This is something we've been calling for transparency. Um, the issue here is if um, 
uh, a leaked document, uh, an expose on on the misappropriation of Mitra funds was not made public and viral uh, in the beginning of the year, uh, we would not have seen at least two of them who were who uh, office bearers in these NGOs who are beneficiaries from the Mitra uh, funds uh, been hauled uh, to be investigated under the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Agency. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of secrecy. Um, a lot of information is shrouded in uh, um, uh, hearsay. Um, and in spite of the minister, the former minister in charge of this, uh, YB Halima, saying that there's uh, there are three different uh committees that are going to oversee how these uh, NGOs are, will be selected or individuals be selected to be given these grants. But in spite of that, you still see this sort of thing happening where huge amount of money had been uh, allocated to NGOs. And um, if you see some of these, the pictures of these activities were shared on some of the Facebook or, or social media accounts of these NGOs. And you see a very... Um, simple event for a very big amount of money given. We don't know at what stage uh, these projects are because according to a parliamentary reply, some of the projects take time between 12 months to 24 to 30, 36. Uh, and that is why uh, YB Halima also mentioned that they didn't get the, the the total 100 million grant when she became minister because there were areas that need to be paid. That means the ministry sort of owed money to some of these NGOs that had been promised a big amount of money by the previous uh, uh, minister. So all these sort of discrepancies, if we had not asked or pushed for it in parliament, we had not, we wouldn't be getting these answers. And no matter where Mitra is parked now, at the end of the day, uh, a mechanism has to be set in place for Mitra's report to be tabled in parliament. A hundred million ringgit is not a small amount of money. And I'm sure in addition to that, the Prime Minister also announced that his uh, Yayasan Mitra, Mitra Foundation would be set up. How much of money is going to go into that? What would be the function of this Yayasan Mitra? And who would be sitting in Yayasan Mitra? So all this needs to have uh, uh, proper scrutiny. And I think parliament is the best place to scrutinize uh, the expenditure of uh, um, Mitra. So while we're talking about allocations, right, two million ringgit for Indian students from poor households, what do you make of that amount? Is it enough? I, I don't know how the Prime Minister uh, came to this uh, uh, amount of two million ringgit, whether he plucked it from the air or he was advised to say that, but two million ringgit in this time and age when cost of living is high, when uh, cost of educating your children or educating yourself is high, um, you know, two mil how many households will two million ringgit impact? And and I don't see how just a blanket statement of allocating two million ringgit for um, households to assist students from B40 category to pursue their education is going to actually have an impact. It may have an impact on a few families, but if this is a statement coming from the prime minister, and if it is something that he is saying before the budget, then I'm very curious as to how uh, the two million ringgit is going to be ut utilized. In my opinion, if the prime minister really wants to focus on on assisting students, and particularly many Indian students, straight A students, had been denied a place uh, uh, to pursue their education through matriculation, which means that they either have to go and apply with public universities or private universities, which would actually really cost them an arm and a leg. 
I would think that the Prime Minister should set up a grant um, for deserving students to pursue their, their education. Or else you have to be fair to students who perform very well, straight A students regardless, uh, and offer them these seats uh, in matriculation. So part of the issue here or the challenge here, particularly if we look at the Mitra track record, seems to be that there are middle sort of the channels and the middle players in terms of how aid gets distributed to the Indian community, there seems to be a disconnect, right? Because uh, the people channeling these funds don't seem to be doing an efficient or adequate job. How can this be addressed? Um, I think first uh, and foremost, uh, there has to be a clear distinction to ensure there is there are no hidden political hands uh, that can influence the disbursement of these funds. Um, because traditionally, it is always through a political party or a YB, a support letter, etc., that applicants normally take uh, when they submit their applications. And this has been the culture for so many decades. Um, and I think that would be the first step because some of the, the persons who are currently investigated um, under MACC for misappropriation of Mitra funds are affiliated to political parties. And I think there is a danger there. Um, we have many academicians, we have many uh, activists uh, and, and, you know, for lack of a better word, social workers, people who have dedicated half their lives, if not all their lives, to and to, to looking into the, the uh, uplifting of the economic status of Indians in the community uh, are the people whom we need to be a part of this, uh, of, of Mitra. But instead, we see, um, you know, the KSU or the Secretary of the Ministry heading a lot of these uh, um, committees. And I think therein lies also a problem where there is an overlap of his or her duty as a Secretary of the Ministry and also to overlook and, and uh, oversee how allocations or how approvals are given. There has to be a clear distinction between who sits in this committee, how is it uh, um, managed, uh, and how do we scrutinize uh, the outcome of this co uh, committee. Ultimately, uh, I should also add here that uh, the MP for Batu Gaja, YB Sivakuma, had also written into the Public Accounts Committee uh, to investigate um, this misappropriation of uh, Mitra funds as well. Um, so I think that at this point in time, um, if we need to set up a select committee to oversee the sort of uh, government agencies that have been set up within uh, departments, etc., then that should be the duty. Currently, we do have a select committee, uh, which is uh, the select committee for agencies under the Prime Minister's Department. If Mitra is going to be regarded as an agency under the Prime Minister's Department after uh, Prime Minister Ismail Sabri's announcement, then I think uh, one of the first things that the Select Committee should do is to probe uh, into the previous expenditures, uh, regardless of who the ministers were, even when it was under Prime Minister's Department, taken out and parked under Ministry of Unity, and now back under the Prime Minister's Department. Uh, I think there should be uh, a scrutiny of how um, the funds had been dispersed or given out. Kasari, we have a minute left with you. Um, and I wanted to close with this question from a listener, Siemens, who says, it's 2022, why are we still discussing and implementing race-based policies? Um, I, I I do agree with Simon that at this point in time, we have to look at needs-based policies. Um, but 
in the case of the Indian community, just like the Orang Asli or the Orang Asal, um, are a community that have special have needs that needs to be specially addressed. Uh, many come from displaced uh, estate workers background. Hence, you know, it sucks the second generation, third generation into that cycle of poverty. Um, and many of the families also continue to live in very rural areas, if not semi-rural areas. And there has to be some um, specific mechanism in place to assist the community. And of course, this is of not putting aside or setting aside other minority communities that also need uh, uh, this sort of social empowerment programs. But in the case of Mitra, from the era of Siddiq to Mitra today, um, I think that when we come to a stage of a, of a more equitable uh, platform or equitable level uh, with other ethnicities, perhaps then we can ditch uh, race-based policies, uh, policies for all uh, ethnicities. But for the time being, um, you know, there are specific issues that need to be addressed amongst the Indian community. And I think this is also something that is a needs-based uh, policy. You need to address these issues first. And then only once they are at level playing field, uh, then we can do away, which I hope one day we would be, we would see colorblind policies for all Malaysians, regardless of race, uh, religion or um, uh, social status as well. Kasturi, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Batu Kawan MP Kasturi Pato uh, weighing in on the announcements surrounding Mitra as well as allocations of funds. Um, we, we're now headed to the news. Keep those thoughts coming. You're listening to BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.